This creature from the dirt defied the everlasting holy God. Scripture is holy. It is sanctified, set apart from any and all other writings that we have ever had and will ever exist. Self-esteem, that is a satanic idea. You're not as important as you think you are. If you have no desire to know who God is, then can you even be sure that he knows you? The gates of hell itself, or the coronavirus itself, will not stand against Jesus building his church. This is what's wrong with the Christian church today. We don't know who God is. Give us a man who knows the truth. One man, Jew and Gentile, bond and free. One, there is no race in Christ Jesus. Oh, how a man needs to fear God that that man might cling to his word. Give us some preachers who aren't tripping over their skirt to get into the pulpit. What's wrong with you people? This is Matter of Theology, the place where theology matters because everything is a matter of theology, and we are a part of Cruciform Ministries. Uh, If you missed our live show from uh, the Cruciform Conference, there's several places where you can go catch that. You can catch that on Facebook Live, you can catch that on YouTube, and we are going to be releasing that as a separate podcast in itself. It was a lot of fun. Andrew Rappaport joined us. We had a great time. For those of you who don't know, I'm Drew. I'm your host. I'm here with my co-host, Chris, and we are a podcast production that seeks to approach church and cultural issues from a biblical standpoint. We are on Patreon, so if you would like to partner with us, head on over to patreon.com slash theology and become a subscriber. And speaking of Andrew Rappaport, he runs the Christian podcast community of which we are members of. So if you would like more Christian podcasts, go check out strivingforeternity.com. Org. Now, we also have a giveaway coming up, so we want you to stay tuned for details about that. We're going to be giving away a set, John Owen's Mortification of Sin and his book, The Death of Death and the Death of Christ. Now, there will be three winners with this giveaway, so stay tuned. We're still working out the details of how we want to do that, but I think that's a pretty exciting giveaway. Uh, to be able to give away those two works of John Owen, because I think every believer needs those in their library. Mm-hmm. But on today's episode, uh, we are going to be discussing abortion. Now, this is the first episode we have done on abortion. Now, more specifically, we're going to be talking about the difference between abolition and pro-life. We're going to be talking about uh, Roe v. Wade, and for some reason, people believe that this is the law of the land when it actually is not. Uh, We're going to be talking about heartbeat bills and the biggest opposition to actually abolishing abortion. And to do that, we asked a friend that we made at the Cruciform Conference to join us, Pastor Brett Baggett. Uh, Brett, welcome to the show. Uh, Thank you for being with us. Thanks. It's my pleasure to be here. Yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> we're happy to have you, man. It was after just after talking with you, meeting you, and then talking with you uh, at the Cruciform conference. Chris and I were like, "Man, we got to have him on the show." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, it's my pleasure, truly, to be able to be here with you guys, and especially to talk about 
such an important issue and a widely misunderstood issue, not just in the world, those who are not in Christ, but those who belong to Jesus. It's still widely misunderstood. Yeah. So, so you're a pastor, but what, I mean, what else do you do? What else you got going on? Where, where do you, where are you from? Okay. So I'm from Muskogee, Oklahoma. So I'm truly an Okie from Muskogee. <laughs> Merle Haggard is from my town and he was totally wrong, which he knew he was. He said, we don't smoke marijuana in Muskogee. Well, there are people in Muskogee who smoke marijuana. So don't believe that Merle Haggard song. I'm from Muskogee. I'm a pastor of a particular Baptist church, or we'd call nice. Reformed Baptist Church, 1689 <laughs> Confessional Church that we planted in 2011. And wow. I'm one of the pastors. I do the, a lion's share of the preaching. Um, I train pastors. I have four kids and a beautiful wife. And I, I do some stuff on the side. I own a mattress store. I do a audio video company um, to try to supplement income for my family. Mm. And then we do work. I do some work with some other fantastic guys in Oklahoma mm. to work towards abolishing abortion. Mm. Wow, man, you are busy. <laughs> True. Where, where do you find time to sleep? My favorite quote is, I'd rather wear out than rust out. Ooh. And that's what George Whitfield awesome. said when they said, I mean, this guy was a million times busier than me. Some weeks he would preach more than he would sleep. But anytime I have an opportunity to do something for Jesus' glory, whether it be teaching, preaching, leading, working for abolition, that, that thought comes to my mind. Like, I'd rather wear out than rust out. Spurgeon said, if, if we are so exhausted in the work of the ministry that we die before the median age of the average man, then we should praise God because we had less time on earth and we were more useful in our master's service and we got more time in heaven with Jesus. Ooh. Man, let so I'm I'm all about that. You know what? Selah, right there. Yeah, Selah. Selah. <laughs> <laughs> Pause and meditate for a moment. <laughs> all right. So now let's get into uh, now. What is the difference between abolition and pro-life? Because some people would say, "Well, I mean, I'm pro-life," and especially mm -hmm. the evangelicals, Christians, they would be <laughs> like, "I'm pro-life," and of course, mm -hmm. we need to end abortion. But the two aren't necessarily the same. Okay, so you have to make a distinction, which uh, R.C. Sproul would love that I'm making a distinction. We have to make a distinction between capital P, capital L, pro-life, mm -hmm. and just the words pro-life. Okay. In the same way that you would need to make a distinction between Black Lives Matter, the organization, and the phrase Black Lives Matter. Like, there's no Christian who would say, no, Black Lives don't matter. But there are Christians who would say, uh, we don't support that organization. So there's a difference. Mm -hmm. And so it, in some way, it's the same with the pro-life movement. The capital P, capital L, capital M, pro-life movement, and then with the abolition movement. Or you could say with the ideology that's behind the pro-life movement and the ideology that's behind the abolition movement. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about those. Not, not that I'm saying someone shouldn't be pro-life. When I say that, or when I say the pro-life movement is garbage, I'm talking about the capital P, capital L. I'm not talking about people who are saying, I'm pro-life. Like, I love life because God loves life. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of people who just, they don't understand the difference between the two. So let me address mm -hmm. that. Capital P, capital L. The pro, the secular pro-life movement, and don't be confused, it is a secular movement. 
Yeah. It is not a God honoring Bible based. Our feet are firming, firmly standing on the Lord Jesus Christ and what he's done for us and the authority that he has and he obeying his commands. It's not standing on that. It's a secular movement that evangelicals are involved in. Uh, Catholics are involved in. Mormons are involved in. Mm -hmm. uh, even atheists are right. involved in right. pro-life mm -hmm. movement. And so the big difference would be, um, let me just say what Abby Johnson, who is a very big name pro-life person, what she mm -hmm. would say. She'd say, we don't want to make abortion strictly illegal. We want to make abortion unthinkable. And now most people might hear that and say, oh man, that'd be good. Mm -hmm. And if you, you do that, okay, you do that. And then uh, think for just a second mm -hmm. and realize what you're saying. Like the only way abortion is going to be unthinkable is if you're post mill. Yeah. Like if you, if you really are post mill and you think <laughs> like, we're going to get there. Like, okay. Yeah. But do and, you and, know and, how bad people are? And yeah. that we're not, yeah. you're not going to make it unthinkable thinkable right. for sinners no. who are alienated right. from God. Because and everyone so would then have to be saved right. in order to, because they're not thinking about it. They're in, in turn focusing right. on the glory of Christ. And which also assumes that there's going to be a world here long enough for those babies to grow up in as well. Right. So, so sorry, in, I didn't mean addition, to cut you off. No, no, no. You're great. You're, you're exactly right. In addition to that kind of view, let's make it unthinkable is also um, the, the secular pro-life movement that many evangelicals are a part of, and they don't realize they're actually a part of a secular movement mm -hmm. and not a God-honoring movement, right. is mm -hmm. that they, the pro-life movement, does not believe that the women who murder their babies are murderers. Right. They believe, it's, it's the doctrine of the second victim. Mm -hmm. put, a, put the doctrinal label on that. It's the second victim. And so they, they believe that women who go to an abortion mill and pay someone or get the government to pay to murder their child, they believe that woman is a victim. Hmm. When the, the Bible be, is emphatically clear that someone who murders their child is not a victim, but is the victimizer. Right. Mm -hmm. right. So there are exceptions to rules, like someone who is literally, physically, with violence, forced by a sex trafficker or someone like that mm -hmm. that's the exception to the rule right that that one right. might be some kind of victim but still not a victim in the general the the rule is that those who murder other people are not victims right. they are the victimizers right. so the secular pro-life movement does not believe women are victims therefore they do not want to make it illegal for a woman to murder their baby they just want to try to do things like restrict it restrain it or maybe port, uh, punish the abortion doctor or various things like that. So they don't actually want to make it illegal to murder. They want to make it harder to murder, mm -hmm. and they don't want to threaten the woman with um, punishment so that she wouldn't do it. They just say, no, she's a yeah. victim as well. You know, it's weird that you say that they want to, you know, try to punish the doctor, right? But maybe pull his license or something. Mm -hmm. But it's the mother that wants to kill her baby that's hiring the doctor mm -hmm. to perform the murder. Right. Both, should, murder be, for both should be threatened with punishment so that they wouldn't do that. Right. Right. Well, and that, that's something like we talked about, you know, when uh, I, I kind of wish we would have recorded uh, our conversation <laughs> uh, 
at the Cruciform Conference because that's something that we we talked we talked about. I mean, what what's the purpose of government to wield the sword against the evildoers and to protect those who do good? And so, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to 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 your point, brother, and I wholeheartedly agree to say that it's a crime. It's a it's a it's it's a crime. Of, it's a capital crime. It's a mm-hmm. it's a crime of murder mm-hmm. uh, for both the doctor and the mother. Um, you know, what what will that do? That well, that 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 is a that the government is a minister of God, and what mm-hmm. is that that minister sent to do? It's sent to protect sinners from other sinners, mm-hmm. and so that being the case, if you make it a crime to to murder uh, uh, another image bearer of God, which that's mm-hmm. exactly what uh, a, a child is, and I know we're going to get into this, you know, even even pre birth, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, very very specifically, I'm thinking of Isaiah. Uh, in, in chapter one, and let me flip there real quick. Um, and, but while I'm doing that, let me just continue my, my thought process is, you know, the, the whole point of the government is to do that. And, and mm-hmm. so when you, when, you, when you say that, when you say it is illegal, it is a crime, it is a capital crime punishable by death. Mm-hmm. Um, then, then that is a, an accountability tool um, mm-hmm. that is meant to keep people in line to protect sinners from other sinners. And um, mm-hmm. I, I'm just, I personally am appalled um, at, at, at the, the, the thought and the concept of abortion, um, starting with first and foremost, uh, Jeremiah chapter one, verse five says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Mm-hmm. So it isn't that um, uh, it isn't that life begins at conception. I would argue that, uh, and there are some other uh, theologians that I've been listening to that would argue the same, is that life begins before conception. Life begins in the mind of God, mm-hmm. and, and and because of that, because of that, us as believers, we as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. Again, going back to what we said about fearing God, uh, mm-hmm. talking about something else. You know, do do we understand what we're doing? Mm-hmm. Um, do, do, do you truly comprehend that? And if you do, why would you not want to abolish it, not regulate it, mm-hmm. abolish it, kill right. it? Yeah, I totally agree. Something to for people to consider concerning Romans 13, which you just referenced and then referencing the beginning of Jeremiah. Just remember that the argument in, in the public square is not as much anymore that it's not a life. People concede that point now. You, right. If you don't think, right. go right. to notavictim.com. Those listening, go to mm-hmm. notavictim.com. And it's a, it's a compilation of videos and audio of people who do murder mill ministry all the time. And they just show you and they're documenting all of these men and women who go to the murder mills to murder their children and just flat out know. what They know what they're doing and they say they don't care. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hillary Clinton in 2016 mm-hmm. called them persons yep and was like no 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 no, you can't say that because they're mm-hmm. not persons really but then it's just kind of like the double down now is they are human beings they are persons but they don't have the same rights as those outside of the womb right. so it's not well, even a parenthood. conversation anymore mm-hmm. concerning if it's a life at fertilization or not right. biologically speaking that they concede that and they still mm-hmm. say I can murder mm-hmm. it because it doesn't have rights till it comes outside of the womb, which is just ridiculous because that is nowhere in the Constitution. Our Constitution protects mm-hmm. and says yep. everyone has the right to life. Who? Mm-hmm. Persons. Come on. Who's a person? Yeah. It's in the mind of God first, yeah. but even biologically speaking, under common grace, we know mm-hmm. it's at fertilization. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's not even the argument as much anymore. Yeah. But right. but consider Romans 13 when it comes to abolishing abortion and especially i want you to think concerning the secular pro-life movement and what they say 
that a woman is a victim. They say the woman mm. is the victim. So we don't want to threaten women with criminalization who hire someone to murder their babies because they will do that and they don't know what they're doing. And so basically you want to criminalize someone for doing something that they don't realize what they're doing. Now, track with this. Romans 13, 3 and 4, Paul writes, for rulers, and he's talking about governing authorities, for mm -hmm. rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad. Mm -hmm. So the negation is uh, rulers are not a terror to those who do good, but rulers are a terror to those who would do bad. And the point of passing a law or actually upholding the Constitution of the United States and the Constitution, for my case, in Oklahoma, mm -hmm. would be to make it clear that if you murder your child, you will be tried in the same way that if you murdered your five-year-old child. Right. And what that does is terrorize the evildoer. It, the government is meant to, first of all, be a terror to the evildoer, That's right. holding that's the right. sword and saying, you do not murder people or we're going to put you to death. And mm -hmm. that's why all three of us have never been murdered. Right. Mm -hmm. If the government did not say that it was illegal to murder us, someone would have probably would, already done yeah. that. That's right. Definitely. And it's, <laughs> yeah. we're, we're lucky that... Yeah not lucky, but in God's providence, we're fortunate that our parents didn't kill us because they could have. I was born in 1986. Oh. So my parents could have very easily yep. murdered me under the cover of law, not mm -hmm. under the cover of God's law, but under the cover right. and protection of right. the government. But the whole point is, well, women don't know. That's what people say. They don't know. It's like yeah. my answer is they will emphatically if yeah. the if our legislators declare you cannot murder your baby so don't do it because we bear the that's, sword and right. we're going to punish you it's like well that's then right. they know yeah. well i didn't know the speed limit was that it's like well that's why there's a sign posted that says that and once you see the sign posted you know well i can't break that law then mm -hmm. yep well and then uh, I, I would i mean i would argue that they that they do know um uh, you know i i would argue that i mean when you look at the statistics of um, of, of, of suicide or homicide mm. or what happens to a woman after she commits an abortion, mm. uh, regardless of, of where she is in the gestational process. I mean, um, uh, homicides, this was a study done in 1999, but uh, so it's, it's a little bit dated, but uh, homicides are up 248% mm. higher in the year following an, an abortion. Uh, I mean, so it, it's, it's something to where you, you absolutely know that, um, you know, 80% of a hundred women surveyed, um, in this survey who had suffered post post-abortion trauma, 80% expressed feelings of self-hatred in the mm -hmm. same study, 49% reported drug abuse and 39% uh, began to use or increase their use of alcohol. And so when you, when you look at that, they, they absolutely know it's written on their hearts. The law mm -hmm. of God is written on the conscience. That's right. Uh, Romans tells us. And so going back to something you said, Brett, even this, this year. So tragically, John Legend and his wife, Chrissy Teigen lost their son mm -hmm. in a miscarriage, late term miscarriage mm -hmm. and planned parenthood yep. tweeted out support for the loss of their quote unquote son. Yep. Mm -hmm. so, so, yeah. So, yeah, not only right, acknowledging I, I that it's, it's a baby, but acknowledging the gender too. 
<laughs> right, right. Yeah, there was a lot. There, yeah, there was a lot there. So, so no, Brett, Brett, I wholeheartedly agree with you, man. It's, it's a, the, the, the question of whether or not it's life doesn't matter. The, the, mm-hmm. the whole, the whole question of a, of a quote unquote uh, fetus being considered viable mm-hmm. um, is, is, is it, it doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. It, it's, it's everybody knows what they're doing. I mean, I've seen pictures just within the last th- uh, two weeks of women sitting outside in support of Planned Parenthood at a murder mill. And mm-hmm. I love the way you say that. And it needs to be said that way. I know we're going to get into that as well. But, um, you know, withholding signs saying, saying, good riddance, my parasite. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, st- it's it's one of those things that it's just that they know they're suppressing that truth. Yeah. Or one the um, other day who said, I'll be back. I'm going to go murder my baby. And I got Jesus, baby. Mm. Like saying, uh, Jesus is going to forgive me, so forget you guys, because I got Jesus, Lord. baby. Yeah, wow. presuming yeah, you, on the you know what, you do Lord. have Jesus, yes, you do have the presence of God, but yeah. not in the way that you want. Yeah, right. you're going to be in the presence of the wrath of the Lamb unless you repent. There you go. Now, there Brent, you, go. You, you mentioned Hillary Clinton, and mm-hmm. in that, where Hillary was talking, she was talking about, quote-unquote, unborn persons. Uh-huh. not having constitutional rights. Now, mm-hmm. she has a huge problem, and his name is James Wilson. Hmm. Now, James Wilson, for our listeners who don't know, he was one of six men to sign both the Declaration of Independence and the United States Constitution. He was appointed by George Washington to the first Supreme Court, and he lectured on law often with Washington, Adams, and Jefferson present. He said, that the infant in the womb by law was not only protected from uh, immediate destruction, but from every degree of actual violence. Bingo. Sounds like he had a consistent worldview. Exactly. Hmm. Exactly. That's great. Yeah. I I want people to consider this too. When it, when it comes to uh, saying that women are, the second victims of abortion. You need to know that the most prominent pro-life advocates believe that and do not Mm -hmm. want it to be illegal to murder babies. Mm -hmm. They don't want to say anyone who murders a baby will be liable to homicide uh, laws. They they don't want to say that. They they want to say, we got to take the license away. We got to make it more difficult, all that kind of stuff. But let me just... What that is, is unjust partiality. What it is, is showing partiality to one person in a culture and saying, it's okay if you do this, but I can't do it. Like I, if I did it, I, I would go to jail. I can't murder a baby inside someone else's womb. I go and do it. No. And just like everything else, the woman is shown unjust partiality because she is allowed to murder her baby without the threat of the government bearing the sword against her. So consider Psalm chapter 82, which is singing about governing authorities. Now, some people will disagree and like me and my good friend Dusty disagree. Is it talking about the princes and powers and angels in the heavenly places like those rulers? Or is it actually talking about governing authorities on the earth? You know, but it really doesn't matter in the end concerning the application. So it's governing authorities either civil magistrates or talking about governing authorities in the spiritual realm. But either way, the the principle stands. In Psalm 82, 2 and 4, the Lord says to these governing authorities, how long will you judge unjustly 
and show partiality to the wicked. Selah. Mm-hmm. And what does that mean? Pause and meditate. Pause and Pause meditate. And meditate. Oh. How long will you judge unjustly? And this is the key. Show partiality to the wicked. The secular pro-life movement and people that are caught up in it and don't realize they're caught up in it advocate that the governing authorities would show partiality to the wicked and they would give women the right to murder their child if, you know, rape or incest or life of the mother, things like that, which life of the mother, that's that's not a thing like you got to go in and murder the baby or mom's going to die. That's a lie from the pit of hell. Mm-hmm. A doctor is charged with treating both patients and trying to mm. save both patients. You people think that it's like women are having a, a troublesome um, pregnancy, and the only answer is to go in and murder the baby. And if you go in and murder the baby, then mom lives. Mm-hmm. Like, no, yeah. that is not how it works. Well, then it's also it's also an arbitrary statement either, because what constitutes the life of the mother? Right. right. Oh, well, because I won't be able to pursue my career. And so my life is over. Right. I mean, it, it, it's, right. there's a whole spectrum um, that's just completely arbitrary. But but what mm. we must do biblically is say we will not stand for our legislators who represent us mm-hmm. with showing partiality to the wicked. Mm-hmm. No one should be allowed to murder another person. It doesn't matter the occasion. Right. You can't murder a human across mm-hmm. the board. Right. That's what abolitionists believe. And what I believe, what I push for yeah. is that you need to change, people need to change the way they think. Uh, President Trump, who, when he was running in 2016, said, someone asked him in a town hall, if you remember this, like, should women who get an abortion, should they be convicted? And he just said, yeah. And the pro-life movement, people got a hold of him <laughs> like the next day and they went, no, you can't say that. And he's like, what do you mean? They murdered, isn't it a human? They murdered somebody. And he yeah. just said, yeah, she be, should be prosecuted. And now he kind of, he backtracked that mm-hmm. a little bit because he realized that the pro-life movement, people don't like that answer. Right, right. But, but he, even he, it he, showed that the law of God is written on his heart. And yeah. when he's just talking about justice, he's like, well, yeah, if you murder a human, you should be tried for that. And he mm-hmm. had to pull it back because the secular pro-life movement, mm-hmm. many of them professing to be Christians say, no, 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 we don't believe that. Ben mm-hmm. Shapiro say that no pro-life people believe that uh, Albert Moeller say that no pro-life people want to criminalize the mother. Um, Ali Beth Stuckey, unless she's changed something, is still kind of that pro-life. No, we don't want to criminalize the mother. And now some of those people might have changed their minds, and I pray they will. But mm-hmm. they just need to think through the fact that what we do with murder is say, if you kill a human, we bear the sword. What's the sword used for? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that is supposed to strike terror in the evildoer so that they won't. Right. The goal yeah. of abolitionists yeah. is not to yeah. convict and put women to death. It's mm-hmm. to threaten them with that mm-hmm. so that they won't kill the babies. Right, right. Now well, we- and when you look at you, you look at the the the, the like the, the the positive consequences of that. You know, you look at um, and, and Brett, I like the way you said that because so often when you whenever you talk to somebody about this and 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 I've been I've been asked this question by my mom. Uh, you know, so 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 what what do you think is what should happen to them to the mom that she should be convicted of murder or tried with murder? Um, uh, well, well, it's not her fault. 
that's not true. That, that, yeah. that that's absolutely yeah. not true. You can't say mm-hmm. that. And so, but but going to your point, Brett, of as far as Romans thirteen, the minister to uh, to to instill uh, fear, and, and it says terror in the ESV and, and fear right. Uh, right. in in the in, in the NAS, and, and I love both of those. And so it's the the positive consequences of that isn't that we can like you said that we get to well, sweet we get to convict people of murder right. yes no it's no we're wanting to save lives mm-hmm. we're wanting to save the lives of the babies but mm-hmm. then also we're wanting to save the lives of the mothers mm-hmm. who have to experience the heartache and the the mm-hmm. guilt that they walk around with if we can if, if you're like I can't do this because I'll be tried with murder and I'll go to jail and be put to death. Mm-hmm. Well, ultimately, that that saves you from more than you realize. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so there's, I mean, there's so many far-reaching positive consequences to doing that. I mean, and I go back to what I said earlier. You laws are designed to to regulate and to uh, uh, save sinners from sinners, if you will. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, and and my goodness, I just I don't understand why someone who again would claim to hold to inerrancy, infallibility, sufficiency, mm-hmm. and and say that they're truly again to, to what kind of how you kicked us off pro life mm-hmm. wouldn't say well n- no well because then you get the argument well if you're pro life then are you saying you'd want the want the mother to go to jail for the rest of her life or be put to death well that's not very pro life of you it is concerning uh, what God says in the mm-hmm. Noahic covenant right. in Genesis that's nine right. nine that that yep. is how that, you have hey, a consistent. Come on. Come on, life is that you yes. threaten the evildoer and say, this is how serious image bearers mm-hmm. of God are, that if you kill one, we going to kill you. Yeah. That's how yeah. we would say it in Oklahoma. Right. That's yeah. right. <laughs> we going to kill you. <laughs> we going to kill you. So don't do it. <laughs> right. Yes. Come yeah. on, man. And that, I mean, that's and how. That's, you know, and because I'm sure uh, the argument from pro-choice people to mm-hmm. pro people who want to end abortion is, well, I bet you are for the death penalty. And I go, well, yes, because uh, I want to end abortion because I hate murder, but mm-hmm. uh, I'm for the death penalty because I'm pro-justice. Well, and because you're pro-life. If you're for the death penalty right. yes. for the right reasons, yes. it's because you're actually pro-life because right. the threatening yes. of that and having at times to carry mm-hmm. it out shows it strikes mm-hmm. fear. And those who would think about doing it, it's like, no, you don't do that. And when you put somebody to death for killing other people, it terrifies or puts fear into the heart of other sinners. And it's one of the one of the ways that God restrains and restricts evil in the world. That's right. Is by the government actually not soft, being soft on that, mm-hmm. but the government saying, mm-hmm. "Do not kill another human being, or we're going to kill you." Mm-hmm. So if you're pro death penalty, you're actually for the right reasons. For the right reasons, yeah. You correct, are actually correct. as pro-life as can be because you're saying that's how serious life is. Right. Now, we see a difference between the abolitionists mm-hmm. like yourself, like uh, State Senator Joseph Silk. Mm-hmm. Um, My we man. See, mm-hmm, we, see, we see a difference between, between him and other types, the, the legislation he's introducing and the other types of pro-life legislation that, that has actually been passed. Now, one... Mm-hmm. We would say uh, Senator Silk, he wants he's he wants to pass legislation to criminalize and end abortion. Mm-hmm. But the the pro-life, the capital P, capital L, capital M, mm-hmm. pro-life mm-hmm. movement wants to pass incremental laws. Mm-hmm. Now, why do we want to abolish rather than work incrementally? All right. How sharp the edge is the question I have to ask in my mind right now and answering that question. How sharp the edge. Let's let's start with this. We do not regulate murder. 
period. Mm, this question yes. was asked to me the other day. It's like, why don't we incrementally work towards that? And what people don't realize is that incremental bills, like uh, let's take the Alabama abortion ban that restricted it to, was it five or six weeks in 2019? Five. Five, okay. five weeks. So uh, it, was, it was said, I heard it said that we should celebrate that. And the person said abolitionists celebrated that. And I'm squirming in my pukes. I'm like, no, they did not. No, they did not. No, they did not. Abolitionists mm -hmm. did not celebrate that. Not principled abolitionists. Same as the heartbeat because, bill. Right. The same as a heartbeat bill. The reason we don't do that is because that bill actually gives permission to murderers and says, you can murder your child if right. it's under five weeks. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so... Christians should never make peace with child sacrifice. And if you need uh, further mm. evidence of that, that we never make peace and just say, we're going to do the best we can. We don't even aim for that stuff. Nope. No, nope. because what that law is actually teaching, and the law is a tutor that mm -hmm. teaches us right, right and wrong. Come on. Even in Come society, on. the law says what's right and what's wrong. And so when the law says, you can murder your baby under five weeks. The law is teaching people that it is justifiable to slaughter your children. Mm. And so consider Leviticus chapter 20. Leviticus 20, three through five, talking about people offering up their children in child sacrifice rituals to a demon god, Molech. This is what the Lord the God of Israel, the God of heaven and earth, the creator and sustainer of everyone hearing my voice, this is what God says. I myself will set my face against a man and will cut him off from among his people because he has given one of his children to Molech to make my sanctuary unclean and to profane my holy name. And if the people of the land do not or do at all close their eyes to that man when he gives one of his children to Molech and do not put him to death, then I will set my face against that man and against his clan and will cut them off from among their people, him and all who follow him in whoring after Molech. Mm. Like God doesn't say, you guys need to do the best you can to make it harder to offer your kids to Molech. He says, child sacrifice stops now. If someone offers their child to Molech, if they kill their child, kill him. And if you know about it and you didn't kill him, then you're going to be cast out mm -hmm. too. Mm. I'm going to war against you. Right. So, uh, we don't I. regulate the person murder. that There's, drove Just like someone. we don't say. Yeah. The person that drove someone, the person that didn't adamantly speak out against the person. Um, many in the church who say, well, you know, who are we to judge? Like, well, Oof. I'm not judging. God is. And God I'm warning is. people that God's going to judge you and you're mm -hmm. in the path of yeah. the wrath of God yep. unless yep. you turn to Christ. And some of the evidence that you've actually turned to Christ is that you are going to love his commands mm -hmm. and you will mm. want to rescue those being carried off to death. Proverbs 24, 11, just like Jesus rescued you who were Amen. being carried off to yeah. death. Like, so, yes. so you talk about Leviticus 20 and then you realize what Romans 13 says about the job of governing authorities. And by the way, Christians need to understand that God gives the marching orders for their civil magistrates. God tells governing authorities why they exist and what they must do. So if someone's like, well, I don't want to be politically involved. It's like, well, then how are the legislators that God says he has ordained these legislators how are they going to know what they should do unless 
the people of God prophetically, you know, forth telling, tell them this is what God says you exist to do. Obey God, not man. Mm. Like they're not going to know. So it's it's our job to constantly remind them you exist to be a terror to the evil and uphold the good. Do not bear the sword in vain. Do not show partiality to the wicked. God hates that. And God, furthermore, uh, Proverbs 6, he hates the hands that shed innocent blood. Mm. But the pro-life movement is okay with the shedding of innocent blood yep. as long as it meets certain criteria. That's right. It sounds like the pro-life movement is really pro-choice just with a moral veneer. So it is exactly that. Uh, a good friend of mine, it's actually, if you guys are familiar with founders, Tom mm -hmm. Askell, he's yep. not a good friend of mine. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've met him, but his brother, Bill Askell, is a good okay. friend of mine. He lives in Oklahoma, and he's one of the pastors who's adamant and involved in working for the abolition of abortion. But he said, all, all pro-life is, is pro-choice light. Mm. That's all it is. Oh, man. Yep. It's just pro-choice light. Yep. And so the pro-choice is actually just pro-murder and pro-life is just pro-choice, pro-murder light. And then abolition is the truly like, in the sense of what the words actually mean, pro-life. Abolition is the right. only one that's truly pro-life right. Right. because it mm. says don't have unjust laws, threaten everybody with the same thing. And you know what that'll do? It'll save pretty much all of the babies. That's right. And it's important to make a distinction as well and and why it's important to use certain words and not as much certain words like end abortion. That's perfectly fine. But the more technical term of what we would want to do is abolish abortion. Mm, and right. what that means is that it's illegal to kill a baby. Mm -hmm. End mm. abortion is like we want it to end. And again, mm. I, I would say the only way it's going to end is if you're post millennial. Mm -hmm. But you can't stop someone from breaking the law, but you can threaten them and not allow mm. them to do it under the cover of the law. Right. So mm. abolish is what we want, which means it's illegal to murder a human being from fertilization. Which is why you you commented that under the post that I made on Facebook. <laughs> yeah. Abolish. And, abolish. and honestly, uh, I used to use the same exact language and a faithful brother who's basically like the agitator that woke a lot of us up. Mm hmm. Uh, he basically just said that to me and was like, well, the, the better word to use, I know what you mean, but the better word would be abolish. Mm -hmm. And then I thought through, I was like, that's exactly right. We can't end people doing that. Right. You can't end sin like that, but you can abolish it. And the governing authorities have to, the governing authorities have to say, you can't do this. So it's abolished. Right. It's no longer able <clears throat> to be done under the protection of the law, right. which is simply what we should work for. That's right. Now you said something because someone challenged you on mm -hmm. say the heartbeat bill when we mm -hmm. were when we were discussing this, mm -hmm. and his claim was that it it uh, results in fewer abortions, but that's not mm -hmm. the case. Mm -hmm. You're right. Um, so twenty, if you look at 2015, 2016, 2017, 2018, in Oklahoma. We have a little over 5,000 abortions, and that's a very small number compared to other states. Mm. We're the most conservative state in the union, and we kill between 15 and 20 babies every day under the protection of the law. We allow people to murder their own children. Wow. And just so you know, like a majority of the lawmakers in Oklahoma are good standing members in local churches, and a lot of them are Southern Baptists too, which mm. I am as well. Um, 
So if you look at 15, 16, 17, 18, the numbers go like this. Ooh, and they get higher and higher. We have about 30 pro-life bills on our books. And why do the numbers go up? If you look at 2019, the numbers, they had been going up in 2019. They went down like 100. And my explanation for that is because at the beginning of 2019, a lot of pastors woke up to actually mm. what's going on and started mm. adamantly speaking out. And a lot of then people that were woken up by their pastors started speaking out. And I think we've even seen something like that, but it's because there are more people at abortion mills. There are more people posting about it. There are more people talking about the consistent view of the scriptures and Jesus is King and you better not murder your baby. That's but anyways, right. the last four years, it goes up. Mm -hmm. That's, that's what, incredible. Why, why if abortion is more restricted, do the numbers go up? Right. Because what people haven't realized and what I didn't realize for a long time is that all an abortion ban, like five weeks and under 12 weeks and under whatever it may be, all that does is tell a murderer what window they have to fit in to murder their baby. Mm -hmm. And you know what people do who are inventors of evil Romans one, they will meet that Ooh. window. They don't even have to invent evil. You invented it for them. Wow. And you told them oh, you can murder your baby as long as you do it under five weeks. And so the numbers even go up. The numbers have gone down from earlier, from years and years and years ago. But a lot of that is because good work has been done mm -hmm. to show people that it is a human being. And mm -hmm. so less people believe that lie. So that has done some. And there are a lot more people actively working um, to rescue babies at murder mills and things like that. Mm. But another, another thing that I love when I'm talking about this, just so y'all know, I love using metaphors. Um, and I have to think them out a little bit more, but this is one of the metaphors I love to use when talking about abolition versus pro-life, especially. I want to put thorns in your side that you can only pluck out by repentance or studying further into it and realizing that what I'm saying is true and therefore then you got to repent. So I'm trying to put thorns in people's side. I want wow. to do that and there that Amen. there will be thorns in your bed tonight and if you are insensitive towards 65 million of our pre-born neighbors being slaughtered in the womb since 1973 mm. under the protection of the law, if you're insensitive to that, then right now you need to grab your phone and do a Google search concerning aborted babies mm -hmm. and yep. realize that yep. in Oklahoma yep. alone, 15 to 20 of them every single day. Mm -hmm. Well, when you so, think about that, when you think about those numbers, right? What was that number you gave a second ago? 3,000? Uh, I think he said five, 5,000. We have 5,000 every year in Oklahoma. It's, it's in the fours okay. in 2019. It was in the fours. So, so on the way up to the cruciform conference, uh, Virgil or, or Virgil, listen to me, Drew and I were listening to Daryl and Virgil and just thinking, that's okay. And they were talking about, okay. All right, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, 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 <laughs> you're the bearded yeah. melanin challenged version of Virgil. All right, cool. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> the, but, but the, when you think about that, this is the way Virgil worded it on, uh, on just thinking, he said, think about that. Think about how many people died in 9-11. Mm -hmm. So you've got a 9-11 happening across the country every day. 3,000. I mean, it's a little under 3,000 now is the, yeah, is the average. And, and the yep. thing that people don't realize, we need to get into this too, is that the reason abortion is still legal, I'll just talk about Oklahoma. 
The reason it's still legal is because of pro-life Republicans That's right. who, claim, who claim to be Christians and are good standing members of churches. Mm-hmm. It's not Democrats. Like if you think nope. Oklahoma is Democrat, like my goodness, I, I think every, almost every county in Oklahoma voted for Trump in 2016. It was like, it was unbelievable. Nice. It's overwhelmingly conservative. There are Democrats for sure, but it's overwhelmingly conservative and it's overwhelmingly people who would profess to be pro-life. Mm-hmm. But it is the pro-life politicians that keep abortion legal in mm-hmm. Oklahoma. Yeah. Now let's, I mean, I mean, now let's, let's actually segue into that because, um, now there's a lot of people that falsely assume that Roe v. Wade is law. It's the law of the land. Right. Not. And, and for the listeners, if someone tries to tell you that just direct them to bill sitting on Capitol Hill and Uh schoolhouse rock, right? No, no, uh, legislation has been passed by the house, the Senate or signed into, uh, law by the executive branch Mm -hmm. but people operate under this assumption that court has the the courts have the ability to make law so one of the things that that i posted on facebook a a a couple weeks ago um Mm -hmm. was about ending abortion and i i referenced uh joseph silk sb13 Mm -hmm. and someone Mm -hmm. commented that said they can't abolish abortion at the state level as long as at the federal level it's a standing law. But that's not true. That's it's not, not true. true. <laughs> so uh, the Supreme Court, just in case people forgot civics, the, yeah. the Supreme Court cannot <laughs> make laws. Mm-hmm. The Supreme Court cannot make laws. They can mm-hmm. render rulings and judgments, but they can't make laws. And so what Roe v. Wade was, was an unjust anti-biblical people hating ruling that basically and essentially said this states have to allow their citizens to murder babies that's Mm. what roe v wade said Mm -hmm. and they tried to argue Mm -hmm. from the constitution but it's unconstitutional the united states constitution it's unconstitutional in the state of oklahoma and but what the supreme court said was you have to allow people to murder their babies and so what even the founders said is if a if the federal beast tries to do something it becomes a beast and tries mm-hmm. to do something like that the states not only have uh the opportunity but they have the obligation to defy the federal government and right. say and so what what oklahoma should have done what every state should have done is say no we're not going to allow uh mass murder in our state because they've done it with other I, things yeah and so people people in oklahoma are like well we you know we can't defy roe we can't defy the federal government. Like, really? We did for marijuana. Thank you. We defied yep, the federal government you. to give people what they're calling, we, to give people the right to get medical marijuana. Mm-hmm. And now a, a good friend of mine who's an attorney, he said, well, the, the difference in that is that marijuana, it's giving the rights to somebody and abolishing abortion would be seen as taking the rights from women. Healthcare. Like, but that's not, right. that's not what it is either because- it would be actually abolishing abortion would be giving back the rights of to life. our yeah. preborn neighbor. Yeah. So it's yep. not restricting yep. a woman, it's protecting the baby. So mm-hmm. in the same way, when we made it legal in Oklahoma, we defied the federal government to smoke weed. We could do the same thing with mm-hmm. abortion and we have the right to do that. And just like with weed, the federal government didn't roll in the tanks. Mm-hmm. We didn't secede from the union. 
Right. But just think about this with you guys. What if the Supreme Court tomorrow and anybody who hears me put in your job field, whether it's stay at home mom or you're working outside of the home. If tomorrow the Supreme Court said states, you have to allow I'll apply it to myself. You have to allow pastors between the age of 30 and 35 to be murdered. If people want to kill them, they can kill them. Like, what are the pastors like me going to do? What am I going to say to my civil magistrates at the city level, at the state level, at the county level? I'm going to talk to my sheriff. I'm going to do all this stuff to say, um, can we ignore that law, please? Because I would yeah. like to be protected under the law so people can't murder me. Right. That's what happened with Roe v. Wade. Mm -hmm. Allow mass murder. And the states went, oh, my God, I guess we're going to do that then. Mm -hmm. When we should have said, nope, we're not allowing that in our state. Right. And so well, we and have going to, back to oh, assert state ahead, sorry, but... sovereignty. Yes. And say, no, yes. we're not going to allow mass murder in our state. Right. Well, I think of, I think of Brett, you, you know, you referenced Psalm 82 earlier and I'm turning back there now, but we're right when you said that, it made me think about something, you know, we, right now in our country, you, you hear all about the critical race theory. You hear all about mm -hmm. the, the marks, you know, the, these Marxist ideologies when oppressor versus oppressed. Um, and, 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 you know, when you look at Psalm By the way, both of you guys are taller than me. And in intersectionality, oh, yeah. I am the oppressed <laughs> in this group. I just want to throw that out there. I can't grow facial hair, so I win. <laughs> yeah, nice, nice. Um, so, so Psalm eighty-two, you know, rescue. Uh, uh, you know, ch check this out. So, so verse two: How long will you judge unjustly and show partiality to the wicked? Selah, vindicate the weak mm -hmm. and fatherless. Do justice, justice to the uh, afflicted and destitute rescue the weak and needy, deliver them out of the hand of the wicked, you know, and, 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 and Brett, I, I love that, love that picture. And that example of, 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 you know, if the government said, yes, pastors between the ages of 30 and 35, uh, you can murder them. Um, but, but the sickening thing and the cowardly thing about going back to, and I know we've already talked about this, but going back to the woman being a victim mm -hmm. is the woman is choosing to murder someone who can't speak up like you yeah. and I could. Mm-hmm. They can't speak up and say, don't do this. Yep. Um, you, you or the weak I, I and the mean, fatherless, like the parentless. Yeah, exactly. More yeah, than yes. our pre-born yep. neighbors. Exactly. Exactly my point. So when you said that, yeah. it triggered uh, it, it triggered that thought of, you know, how, how cowardly do you have to be um, as someone who would say they're pro-life mm -hmm. to not want to absolutely abolish all abortion. Mm -hmm. Um rather than try to tell a sinner, a murderer, when they can murder their child. And the important distinction is when we say abolish, we mean without exception or compromise. Correct. Right. There are Correct. no rape exceptions because you never murder, you never punish the child for the, sin the sins of, of the, the dad or right. the mom. If That's perhaps right. the mom right. raped a man or something. No, no, no. You, you don't punish the child. If it's incest, you still, you don't punish the child. Right. You never say that. So right. it's without exception or compromise. You don't Amen. buy into the lie that you got to go murder a baby because mm -hmm. mom's life is in jeopardy. No, 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 no. You watch and wait and you, you treat both of them under the mm -hmm. Hippocratic oath mm -hmm. and say, I'm not going to do any harm. I'm going to try to save both. And if the baby dies, okay, you, mm -hmm. but you got to try to save them and you have to reject the lie right. thinking that if we go cut the umbilical or if we go cut, the spinal cord of the baby in the womb, then mom's life is saved. Like that's not how it works. 
Right. You don't go murder a baby. But most physicians or a lot of physicians will just tell you that. It's like, oh, it doesn't look that good. Do you want to want to end it? Mm -hmm. That's right. Mm -hmm. Instead you... of watch and wait, it's let's just murder because the law allows it. Yeah. Now, the, the phrase you just used without uh, without exception, exception or uh, compromise or compromise. Now, you entered that in a in a bill that, that was written in a bill that the Oklahoma Baptists approved initially. They approved that, correct? It was a, technically a resolution. A resolution. For, uh, so at our annual meeting, it's, it's okay. like the big national convention, but it's on right. the state level. Gotcha. And there was a, a resolution, mm -hmm. which is kind of a barometer for where what Oklahoma Baptists are thinking. Mm -hmm. And so there was a, a resolution on abortion, and myself and a few guys went to offer a friendly amendment to the resolution. And all we did was I've heard that phrase before. Yeah. Yeah, I have too. Um, <laughs> the one who laughed. actually <laughs> offered it on the floor was no Bill Askell. <laughs> there we go. Of course. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> when, as my friend Kelly says, uh, you better watch out if an Askell offers a friendly <laughs> amendment because they mean business. <laughs> so it was that we, we added to the end of a great, of a great uh, resolution, but it was not clear on um, what we must do. Therefore, mm -hmm. it was that we will call our state legislators to end. We use the word end. And that's when my friend Russell uh, mm -hmm. grilled me a little bit afterwards and was like, don't use the word end, use abolish. Don't be scared to use the word. And I was yeah. like, oh crap, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> but he corrected me on that. It's like, you're right. We said end, end abortion immediately without exception or compromise. So, mm -hmm. and that was passed with applause in Oklahoma Baptists. And then a few months later, the Oklahoma Baptists, the leadership of Oklahoma Baptists did not do what the messengers of Oklahoma Baptists agreed and said that they would do. They didn't support SB 13, which is Senate Bill 13. Mm -hmm. That was the abolition of abortion in Oklahoma Act. Mm -hmm. They didn't support that. And they actually ended up supporting another wicked pro-life incremental mm -hmm bill now this now let's this is like uh get, getting into that uh the the pro-life rejecting and blocking mm -hmm. uh abolitionist bills so yeah. so so what happened with sb13 okay so it's had a few different names but the past two legislative sessions it was called senate bill 13 basically mm -hmm. the same bill but years before um it was also blocked and blocked and blocked and rejected all the time by pro-life uh, professing that they are Bible-believing Christians, good-standing members in churches. For the most part, they're all that. Mm -hmm. uh, one guy, Jason Smalley, is, yep. was very instrumental in killing the bill mm -hmm. in committee, wouldn't let it get out of committee. Um, mm -hmm. He was a good-standing member of a Southern Baptist church in Oklahoma. Now, he's, the, he, he's like, uh, isn't he the president of the Health and Human Services of Oklahoma? Uh, he something. was, but he got put on blast after he killed the abortion bill, and he resigned. Mm. Okay. I don't okay. know for what reason, but he got put on blast. Mm. Wow. He actually was on a billboard in Oklahoma City saying, like, this is the guy who killed uh, the abortion, the bill to abolish abortion. Come wow. to find out, I guess the sign company wasn't supposed to do that, mm. uh, but they did. Mm. Anyways, somebody probably got <laughs> But he got put on blast <laughs> saying, you didn't do your job. Your job mm -hmm. is to protect the weak and the fatherless and Proverbs 24, 11, rescue those being carried off to death. That's your job as a civil magistrate, but you didn't do it. Mm -hmm. So he got. 
named Senator Greg McCourtney, who's also a member of a Southern Baptist church in Oklahoma. He has his Masters of Divinity. Wow. Not from a Southern Baptist school, but from, I, I think it's a Wesleyan school. But anyways, he gets appointed as the chair of the Health and Human Services Committee in Oklahoma. So SB 13 is in there. And um, Senator Joseph Silk is also in the Health and Human Services Committee. So he's trying to get this bill pushed through. And McCourtney is the one that blocked it and let it die in committee. There was another guy also who is, his name is Paul Scott, Senator Paul Scott. He was a senator at this time last year, like in this legislative session, early, early 2020. And my friend Dusty Devers, who's a fellow Southern Baptist, Reformed Baptist abolitionist pastor, he's like my older brother. He's only a few years older than me, but he's I, I think of him like a brother. He's there with me at the Capitol. He figures out that his family knows Senator Paul Scott. And so he starts talking with him, and I'm watching him, and he's exhorting him, Senator Scott, drop whatever bill you're trying to do. It was an incremental pro-life bill. Drop that and fully support SB 13 so that Senator McCourtney will have to like have pressure and have to get it onto just the floor so that the senators mm-hmm. can vote on right, it. Right, right. Paul Scott said this to Pastor Dusty. He said, I can't because of the Senate leadership. Guys like uh, Senator Greg Treat and Senator Kim David, he said, I can't because of I'll lose my seat. And so he didn't, he, he agreed that it is a good thing, but he couldn't do it because he was threatened by Senate leadership who are pro-life and ran on pro-life platforms and talk about, they want to end abortion, like, but they don't, mm-hmm. they specifically do not want to abolish it. Now I don't understand. Oh, wait, why... wait, wait, Paul yeah, Scott. Yeah. So, sorry. In conclusion of that, I bring that up because Paul Scott, Paul Scott said, I can't do that or I'll lose my seat. Well, a few months ago, he got beat. <laughs> he was the incumbent and he got beat. Wow. And so he lost his seat because he disobeyed God. And I think there in the providence go. yep. of God, yep. Yep. God go. said, I was going to say that. Yep. So whatever, whatever human things were going on in the providence of God, he got unseated. Uh, mm-hmm. Another guy just got unseated as well, which is just about an hour south of me. And he's going to be the next Senator Joseph Silk. Because um, Silk is not in the Oklahoma legislature anymore. Mm. Um, he, he's done. And But now we've got Warren Hamilton, who has to beat his opponent um, here very soon in the uh, an area just south. But I think he'll be able to do that easily. But he already unseated. He already beat out uh, a guy who was a pro-life politician in his area. And Warren Hamilton is a guy who ran on abolition. Mm. And he won. He unseated a long-standing pro-life senator so anyways well for anybody yeah for anybody who would profess faith in christ and and you know be to your point i know we talk about this a lot as well uh good stand you know members in good standing at uh at 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 the churches that they're at or those Mm -hmm. who would have uh, masters of divinity or uh you know i would i would i would wholeheartedly admonish you uh to to read uh, study, meditate on Galatians 1.10, mm. commit it to memory, print it out, uh, get it tattooed somewhere, 
you know, if, if you claim to love Jesus Christ and he is your Lord, um, then, then you, you should be his slave mm-hmm. and his bond servant and not trying to please men. Um, and, uh, and, and in doing so losing favor with God, uh, yep. because of, of, of going against something that, that again, is clear commands of his word. So, yep. Yeah, so wow. just, wow. just mark this down in your minds, the professing Christian pro-life Republicans and the Oklahoma state legislature are the ones killing bills of abortion that would protect and save all mm-hmm. the babies. Mm-hmm. Now, that's is there... why ab- you need to be an abolitionist and not pro-life. And that's the right. difference. Correct. That's Correct. right. Correct. That's right. Now, is there a particular motive as to why these, these senators, these pro-life professing pro-life uh, people want to continue to regulate murder rather than abolish it? Is there, is there a particular underlying motive for them? Now, if you talk to some abolitionists, especially in Oklahoma, they'll tell you, well, I think this, and they may be right. I can't say that because I can't see their hearts and mm-hmm. I have no idea. Right, right. They haven't told me. Mm-hmm. Paul Scott said it's because I'll lose my seat. So we knew that. Right. But mostly it's like uh, some of them say publicly, they say this is a secession bill. Like we're going to secede from the union if we abolish abortion. Like, no, we won't. That's a lie you're telling to people. Mm -hmm. You're telling them that. So I have no idea. Uh, It could be because they don't want to have to eat crow, as my dad would put it. Mm -hmm. They don't want to have to admit that what they've been doing their whole life is actually wrong. And they're Mm -hmm. actually telling people when they can murder their babies. Could Mm -hmm. be that. Could Mm. be fear of man. Mm -hmm. But like you pointed out in Galatians 1.10, Chris, if if I wanted to please man, I wouldn't be a servant of Christ. Right. There you go. The fear of yep. man lays a trap. And the I Oof. think probably the the Republican pro-life legislators in Oklahoma are just s- slamming their legs into the trap mm. on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> what it seems like i don't know what it is but but it seems to me like those things i don't know maybe they don't want to eat crow maybe they don't actually want to repent maybe they don't actually really care but that's how you can get elected i have no Mm -hmm. idea but this i know for sure unless they repent they are going to stand before the lord jesus with blood on their hands Mm -hmm. and he's going to say i told you what you were to do and you have innocent blood on your hands, and God hates the hands that shed innocent blood. Mm-hmm. That should be terrifying. Yeah. And so we have to say yeah. that truth to our legislators, which we do, mm-hmm. and then we have to point them to the cross of Jesus, that they must flee to Christ in faith, who did the opposite of abortion. Abortion says, your life for mine, but the gospel says, my life for yours. Mm. Jesus wow. stood in our place and did the opposite of abortion, but he took our death sentence he took the wrath of god he drank it to the dregs he slammed the cup Mm. over and said it is finished so that all who believe in him will never be put to shame amen man preach come on brother can you wow can our listeners tell that he's a he's a preacher (laughs) yes yes i'm I'm, I'm, I'm just saying if i do not (laughs) preach the gospel amen amen now um we How much just, time do we have left? We, we can go as long as you want, brother. <laughs> okay. Um, w- now, we just had uh, Amy Coney Barrett confirmed to the Supreme mm-hmm. Court. Mm-hmm. And people think that if we get enough 
pro-life judges on the Supreme Court, they will overturn Roe. Does overturning Roe actually do anything? Well, actually, if we if if Roe was overturned, abortion would still be legal in Oklahoma because of the around 30 pro-life laws Mm -hmm. that make it same in Georgia and same in Georgia legislate it. Uh, But beyond that, so we have to abolish abortion, period, because even if they overturn Roe, people are still allowed to do it in Oklahoma because of the pro-life laws. Mm -hmm. But it's just not probably going to happen. And that's not where we should put any of our eggs in the Supreme Court going back on the fact that they made a wrong uh, Mm -hmm. opinion in 1973. And just so everybody is clear, it's still not been repealed it's still not been taken back or corrected in the Supreme Court that it is legal to own slaves. Right. Like we didn't abolish uh, slavery because yep. the Supreme Court decided to. No, 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 no. So in the same way that we, we don't trust that. And if you think that if we just get one more person on the Supreme Court who's pro-life and you think that's really going to happen, just go back and look at how many people were pro-life in 1973. And then go look at the early 90s when we had eight out Mm -hmm. of nine of our justices who apparently were pro-life and then they upheld Roe. Yep. It's like, so stop putting your eggs in the Roe basket and realize what the framers said and our Mm -hmm. founders said is that the states need to assert state sovereignty when the federal government tries to make them do something that they shouldn't do because our allegiance ultimately as citizens, like in a... And that kind of view is the Constitution of the United States. I was just about to yep. say that our highest, our highest, the highest rule of authority in our land as citizens is the Constitution. That's right. what we're. That, that, that's the law of the land, not the Supreme Court rulings. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, right. so, brother, absolutely. And now, of course, wow. our actual everyone's highest allegiance is is God. That, that's right. That's yeah. right. And yeah. so we must yeah. obey God, not man. But even you go to man, you go, the Constitution is against this, mm-hmm. and our state constitutions are against this. Mm-hmm. But any. That's I'm belaboring the point, but yeah, don't put any eggs in the Supreme Court basket. It's not going to happen, right. and it doesn't need to. Right. We just defy the federal government like states do with a bunch of stuff and say mm-hmm. we're not allowing mass murder in our state. That's right. And save mm-hmm. every baby from being murdered under the cover of law. Amen. Ooh. Amen. Now, <clears throat> you said something uh, at Cruciform when we were when we were talking that just completely blew my mind it's something people don't know no one ever mm-hmm. thinks about it no one ever looks at the ingredients mm-hmm. and that is contraception birth control mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. tell us about birth control okay so what's typically known as the pill uh, i think most uh, people in general, and especially professing Christians, think that the pill does something that would just keep you from getting pregnant. Like, so right. it would prevent fertilization. Mm-hmm. Right. And they've been told that. And in some sense, that's supposed to be true. But just people need to understand the facts about that. And, and you can go, I'm going to give you two things to go and look up because. I'm going to say a couple of things that if you don't already know, this is going to be very shocking. And I hope, I hope it's horrifying to you as it was to me when someone gave me the facts. Uh, Randy Alcorn has an article titled 
or it's actually a video titled the three mechanisms of the birth control pill. Yeah. Yeah. The three yep. mechanisms of the birth control pill. It's at epm.com or .org. It's eternal perspective ministries, Randy Alcorn's ministry. Okay. But just, I'll say it one more time. So you can go search the three mechanisms of the birth control pill. And so he'll show you in that what the three things that a birth control pill does, what you typically call the pill. They're like, there are a bunch of them. There mm -hmm. are 30 of them that have this one, one specific hormonal uh, element in it. But so the three mechanisms are first and second, that it would prevent fertilization. I'm speaking overly. Ovulation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So overly simplistically. And so. One is to attempt to delay or hinder ovulation. One is to thicken the cervical mucus to hinder the sperm from passing through the cervix and entering the fallopian tube to find the egg. So what is that in layman's terms? The first to prevent fertilization. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now the third one is abortive. It actually basically sloughs off the fertilized egg in the period. So, that's all I'm going to say about that because I'm going to point you to something to go study. And I don't want to be overly explicit about things with women's bodies, but mm. three mechanisms, the first two are preventative. And the third is in what we would call technically an abortifacient. Mm. So it is a murdering of a fertilized egg, which is a human being. Right. Mm -hmm. right. So, That's right. So, so, so then, in case the when people realize fail, that, the yeah. third one is, 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 is always there. That's all it takes for a Christian. If you love Jesus, you're going to know that that's an option and you're going to say, well, we're not taking the pill anymore. Right. We're not even taking a chance on that being that happening that I've murdered my child. Mm. But now the more shocking thing is that in 2016, a peer reviewed study came out concerning, um, the ingredient called lev levonorgestrel. And th this is in about 30 of the, what we call the pill. Uh, a study came out showing that that's the thing that is the third mechanism. Mm -hmm. And that's the same, that's the same thing that is plan B it's abortive, but it's also mm. that mechanism is the third one. And that's what kills the baby. Mm. It, this study shows that the birth control pill is doing the third mechanism 85% of the time. Wow. That wow. the first two wow. aren't happening. The third one's happening 85 plus. It might be plus. And so the majority of the time, what the pill is doing is you don't even, you probably don't know it, but you're murdering your child by taking the pill. Mm. I say that because my wife and I, until 2012, were doing the same exact thing. We got married at the beginning of 2008, and it's our fault because we didn't look into it. We just accept, oh, no, it just keeps you. And that's a whole other ethical problem concerning who opens and closes the womb. You can talk about that another time. But concerning abortifacients, not realizing that we probably murdered dozens of children of our own children mm. through our negligence because we didn't care to study what we were doing or taking. But as soon as we found out that third mechanism was possibly doing that, we had to confess that to God and repent 
ask God to forgive us for being so careless and realizing that we had been doing that for four years. Mm. So I'm, I think I'm going to meet some of my children in heaven. I've got four of them now. I think I'm going to, who knows how many of them I'm going to meet in heaven. And that'll only be saved as through fire because I was so ignorant and I was just marching after the course of this world and not realizing that what I was doing was actually killing children or at least possibly. And then 2016, that study comes out saying, yeah, 85% of the time, that's what it's doing. Mm. So if you're wow. on the pill, you need to stop it now Yes, and realize that that's an abortifacient. Yeah. Um, so yeah. let me say this real quick. So I'm put, that's a thorn again, that's a thorn in your side that you can only get out through repentance. Mm. Now go start, go look up this does Levonorgestrel emergency contraceptive have a post fertilization effect. That's, that's what the, what you can search. And maybe we can put that and post that for people to check out. Does yeah. Levon Norgestrel emergency contraceptive have a post fertilization effect? It's a review of its mechanism of action. That's the third mechanism in the pill. And so you can find that on NCBI, uh, on their website and it's a government website, but it's a peer reviewed study showing that 85% of the time it's abortifacient. Wow. Yeah. And, and another, uh, and, and what we'll do, uh, Brett, if you'll send that to drew, we can put those, put that in the show notes, mm -hmm. um, Absolutely. for people to go look at another fantastic tool, um, that I, I would recommend. Uh, and this is something that my eyes were open to this in 2019. Um, th th this very thing that we're talking about right now, I was reading the book by Andrew Kostenberger entitled God, Marriage, and Family. Um, and he has a couple of, uh, I mean, that number one, let me just, let me just recommend that book to you, uh, believer, um, uh, what, a fantastic book that really does take, take a look at, uh, uh, old Testament, new Testament, uh, biblical views on God, marriage, and family mm -hmm. and, um, a fantastic resource, but, but Kostenberger breaks down, um, uh, th this, th this whole thought process behind contraceptives, behind, mm -hmm. uh, preventing pregnancy, the ethical more, more, more uh, uh, what am I, what word am I looking ethical for? Uh, <laughs> thank you. Um, the ethical dilemma of, of, of trying to prevent pregnancy who opens and closes the womb. Mm -hmm. uh, and they talk about all sorts of contraceptives, everything from condoms to the pill. And he, mm -hmm. he spends a whole chapter breaking down the pill. Um, and, um, and, and so I, I had the opportunity to, uh, uh, to marry a young couple, uh, very good friends of mine. And, and so what I did for premarital counseling was to take them through that book. And Fantastic. when we got to that chapter, it was, it was something they were like, I had no idea. And I'm like, mm -hmm. neither did I, yeah. um, you know, so, and a lot of people don't, mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, and, and so, so it, it, number one, it's an accountability tool and it's a reminder to constantly be do, doing research about what we put into our, our bodies, the temple yes. of the Holy spirit. Mm -hmm. Um, but then, but then, yeah, yeah. Check out that book, God, marriage and family. And then maybe we can, we can link that in the show notes as well. Fantastic. Can I give a, an exhortation? Yes. You can do whatever you want, man. <laughs> okay. Yeah, man. Here's here's all you need to know as a Christian. After you figure after after you realize the difference between the pro-life movement and abolition, you need to plex it 
That means pro-life exit. You need to exit the pro-life movement and realize that it actually approves of murder because it celebrates abominable bills that are unrighteous decrees. So you need to exit the pro-life movement and become an abolitionist. I don't really care what you call yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't care if you call yourself a Calvinist, but you, I think you should agree biblically with the doctrines of grace because I think it's a great summary of how God saves sinners. Right. I don't care if you call yourself a Calvinist. I don't care if you call yourself an abolitionist, but you better be one, what we mean by one, because it's the only biblical stance. But once you Mm. realize this, you just simply need to confess your sin to God, repent, and march forward joyfully with a smile on your face, following Jesus' command in Mm. Proverbs 24.11. And it's this. You can memorize it right now. Rescue those being carried off to death. Rescue those being carried off to death. That is your job, Christian. And if the bride of Christ is not going to do that, do you expect those who are dead in their sins and trespasses to do that? You have to be. You are a citizen of this nation, and especially if you live in the United States of America. So I'm going to exhort you, pastor, you must preach about the horrors of abortion and point everyone to Christ crucified. Mm -hmm. Don't, Isaiah 58, 1, do not hold back. Lift up your voice like a trumpet. Declare to my people their transgressions. Mm. Tell people, point out the serious issues concerning the pro-life movement and these unrighteous, iniquitous decrees Mm -hmm. is what Isaiah calls them. So rescue those being carried off to death. That is your job. And the reason abortion is still legal, uh, one of the reasons at least, is that the church simply does not obey Proverbs 24, 11 when it Mm -hmm. comes to the Holocaust that is happening Mm. amongst us with almost a million still every year dying. Mm. So this, if you're thinking like, what on earth do I do? I thought voting for pro-life legislators was a good thing. Nope, they're keeping abortion illegal. So what you must do are, are a few things. Rescue those being carried off to death by rejecting pro-lifeism and adopting abolitionism as the only thing. Without exception or compromise, mm-hmm. it must be illegal to murder a human. Mm-hmm. That's how you rescue those being carried off to death. Secondly, you rescue those being carried off to death by demanding that your legislators do what God has ordained them to do, namely rescue those being carried off to death and defending the weak and the fatherless demand that your legislators who represent you demand that they do what god says they exist to do in romans 13 and psalm 82 and other places Uh, the third thing you must do to rescue those being carried off to death is reject abortifacient birth control and you also must do research and reject vaccines that have been manufactured from abortive fetal cell tissue. That's how you rescue those being carried off to death is that you reject using something that was developed from abortive fetal cells. Uh, the, the fourth way that you must rescue those being carried off to death is you must go to the murder mills and stand at the gates of hell and plead with parents not to murder their children, help them and preach the gospel to them. Amen. We're doing a conference actually December 4th and 5th. And those are the things that we're covering in the conference. Wow. And 
I would encourage everyone, if you can't get to Oklahoma, I think you should. You should come to this. I think it will be probably one of the best abortion abolition conferences that's ever happened. And we have big hitters on every subject. I've I tried to get like who is the best guy to talk about this issue on this subject. Mm. And we got them. Wow. They're coming and they're going to be there. If you can't come to Oklahoma in person on December 4th and 5th, we'll be live streaming it on Facebook and you can catch it after the fact. But these are going to be messages that you'll be able to send to people. Hmm. They're going to be 45 minute sermons, messages on each of these three things. And the whole conference is how do we joyfully obey Jesus and obeying Proverbs 24, 11? Because he rescued us while we were stumbling to the slaughter. We, therefore, as the redeemed bride of Christ, we go and rescue those being carried off to the slaughter. Mm. Wow. Amen. That's my exhortation. There's just si- simple things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, 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 biblical things. Right. right. It's just yep. It, yep. It's what everyone who claims to be uh, pro-life and hold to the the Bible, they mm-hmm. would know if they just opened scripture and actually read it. Right. Amazing. And some of it is just deception. People don't realize um, that the sec- that the pro-life movement is all about that. Another good thing would just be you have to read this book. I tell everyone this. I've given away, I think, 75 copies of this book, just me. It's called The Doctrine of Balaam. Mm-hmm. The Doctrine of Balaam. I hope you guys could link that as well. Yeah, but Wrath yeah, and Grace but, Publishers, who yeah. are also in Georgia. Yeah, they're in Savannah, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. um, C.R. Callie sure. wrote that yeah. book. Yeah. Right. Callie, he's a 1689 Reformed Baptist, fantastic writer. It's a polemic against the pro-life movement. Mm. The title yeah. is The Doctrine of Balaam, or, and it's like the Puritans type type uh title which just tells you the whole <laughs> overview of the book it's yeah. amazing um i'm a cali fanboy like, i love the guy because he wrote that book and did this work for us exposing mm-hmm. the pro-life movement and showing that the only position biblically is abolition so it's not a huge book it's it's very yeah it's small it's, very small, yeah, it's not very big at all yeah. if you haven't yeah. read it you got to read it and things will fall into place as far mm-hmm. as like wow i did not know that yep that's right now so i encourage you to pick can, that up. Uh, where can people find you how can people get a hold of you is there uh anything that you're partnered with that people can support uh send support um we don't have anything as far as like send financial stuff now um i'm a pastor of a church I, I'm a part of a group called the Reformed Company of Pastors, mm. and we're a group in the Muskogee area, and we put on conferences. Um, but no, if people want to go and support something or someone that are really working for abolition, and the guys that God has used to wake a lot of us up, especially us pastors, you need to go and check out and support Free the States. Mm-hmm. Free the States. They're in Oklahoma. They're based in Norman, and Oklahoma is like the hub for abolition in all of the United States, mostly because God used one guy and his friends to really agitate, and a lot of people do not like him or them because they just called us to repent. They said, this is the truth. You need to repent. And a lot of people were like, I don't like them. They're mean. I'm like, I love them because they (laughs) wounded me. And I realized that I needed to repent. It's the same like with Martin Luther. I don't like Luther. He was kind of sharp tongued and he called people to repent. Like, well, that's the guy God used to launch the Protestant Reformation. 
Like yeah. God uses strong, yeah. bold, sharp-speaking people yep. to bring about change and to agitate people who are comfortable making peace with child sacrifice, yeah. like I was, and I didn't even realize mm -hmm. it. So you want to go oh. sponsor someone monthly, I do, financially, and go sponsor Free the States. And they've got a podcast, too. They do. They have a podcast that's a video podcast and audio. It's called The Liberator podcast yeah so I if love you want to learn more about the stuff that i've said they've got these episodes like hour hour and a half episodes on all these things that i've tried to yep. tried to explain to the best of my ability yeah yeah they're really good they're really good mm. well we want to thank our guest pastor brett baggett uh, for joining us uh what just incredible information that i, I think a lot of people listening to this uh, are going to be shocked uh, mm. in a good way. I think you really took people by the shoulders and mm. shook them alive uh, along with uh, putting thorns in their side. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. that's what God yeah. did to me, man. I didn't need somebody saying, hey, bro, you should probably like consider maybe this. Like, no, I, I needed to hear the hard truth and to realize, wow, yeah. I need to change my mind. Mm -hmm. I need to mm. repent. Yeah, And so we say, and I say to you, repent with me mm -hmm. and yeah, embrace wow. the truth of the word of God and have a consistent worldview, especially when it comes to our pre-born neighbors who are being carried off to death. Mm. Mm. Amen, brother. Amen. Well, I think that'll do it for this episode of matter of theology our first episode on abortion uh i think there's much more we could get into and we could talk about especially oh, yeah. from an apologetic standpoint mm -hmm. um because i know there's chris and i were talking there's some there's some other things that we've heard that i uh i had questions about um but they would definitely have to be on another episode um but until then we hope that this episode has convicted you and we hope that it moves you to action. Mm -hmm. And with that, we will catch you on the next one.